0: what's up everybody and welcome to after party i'm your host david michael Now, a lot of you are going to be hearing this and saying, David, you didn't play the right intro music and you didn't say the right show name. What's going on? Well, let me explain. This is actually a special free episode of our bonus show called After Party, which we make available to our patrons. That is those who sign up at patreon.com slash passionate DJ. ...to support us on a monthly basis. In order to thank those people who support us monetarily, we produce this secondary show once a month. And it contains all sorts of great stuff like things that didn't make it into the original episodes... ...recordings that we did on the side, extra things that we record specifically for the bonus episode... ...or uh, maybe things that just didn't fit in the original episode but was still really good stuff, side interviews, all that kind of content... We keep that stuff aside because we record so much more than we actually put into the main show. and This gives us a place to use some of that great content that you wouldn't otherwise hear and it also helps us to thank those of you super fans who are willing to support us here at Passionate DJ. So I want to start this out by giving a quick shout out to our Passionate DJ Ambassador Greg Lane. This is something that uh, I've been talking to him recently about as far as releasing a free episode of After Party in order to show people kind of what it's like, what it's about, and uh, maybe see if you would want to become a patron yourselves. So I wanted to think of a way that I wanted to do this that would, you know, make everybody happy because what I didn't want to do is just release a full episode of After Party to everyone, when it's something that the patrons have sort of signed up to have access to, I did feel like it was important to share what the actual show is like and some of the actual content from the show so that you're hearing an accurate representation of After Party. And so, what I've settled on is I've gone through and pulled different clips from different episodes of After Party and compiled them into this special, one-time, free episode. And I think and hope that my existing patrons will be okay with me doing it this way, so that I can hopefully gain us more patrons, so that we can continue doing great things with Passionate DJ and creating other great content that you guys love. And this way, some of you who are already patrons and are hearing this show on the main podcast feed Won't just be hearing the same things you just heard, but maybe you wouldn't mind hearing a little bit of a repeat. Or, you know, if you've already heard all this stuff and you want to skip it, we'll see you next week and we'll get right back on schedule. But we really feel like this would be a great way to introduce the normal podcast audience to After Party. So let me talk a little bit about Patreon once again patreon.com forward slash passionate DJ and you can sign up to be a monthly supporter you choose the amount that you would like to pledge every month whether that's one dollar or fifty dollars or however much and this will come out of your payment source of choice automatically every month and then that gives you access to special rewards that we give as a thank you and in this case one of the rewards that we offer is this show after party We really like trying to monetize this show in this way because we would prefer to get support from the people who love Passionate DJ's content the most rather than adding more and more sponsors. So we feel that the more patrons we have, the less we have to rely on advertising, which helps us keep things neutral and to really just get our support from the people who love our content. Now, if you go to the Patreon page, you'll be able to see our current goal of how many patrons we're trying to hit right now. Now, if you're not willing or able to become a patron right now, we totally understand and we hope that you'll still continue enjoying the Passionate DJ podcast. But there are many other ways that you can support the show. You can share our episodes when they go live. You can leave comments on social media or at PassionateDJ.com, which helps build engagement with the community. And speaking of community, you can also join our community group on Facebook by visiting PassionateDJ.com forward slash community and stay in touch with other Passionate DJ fans just like yourself. You can tell your other friends who are DJs or just fans of music who might be interested in the show what you like about us and see if they might be interested too. And you can leave ratings and reviews anywhere that you see or hear Passionate DJ and consume its content such as Facebook, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or anywhere else. But above all else, we really just appreciate you listening to the show. Now our first clip comes from an episode that we published titled Making Longtime Fans. So without further ado, please enjoy this deleted scene. We're, we're talking about making longtime fans, and part of that has to do with kind of staying top of mind, staying, um, you know, in, in people's... Feeds and in front of people's faces and right. having eyeballs on us. Um, so, what are some ways we can do that?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, one angle that you had mentioned, Trip, was well, or somebody mentioned earlier, was merch.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um,
0: which is a good point because that's that is a way to literally, like, randomly at any point, it's like, oh yeah, uh, this person exists. You know, yeah. <laughs> like just by pulling that shirt out of the drawer or putting a hat on that day or, or, right. or whatever.
1: I mean, and and, and I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, I love gear. You know, I mean, I'm wearing my passionate DJ t-shirt right now. We got our hats on. So you know, know, um, but you know, one of the I I feel like one of the relatively cheapest yet incredibly effective ways, and I I still don't understand it, but I'm just as guilty of of it as anybody else is stickers. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, you can get a run of stickers for next to nothing. People love stickers. And they do. Like, I I still love them. I I have a whole stack of stickers that I don't want to put on anything because I don't like like, as I get older, I don't want to put stickers on my gear and stuff. But,
0: oh, you got any extras uh, for the Ray fridge? Right. (laughs) I've got some somewhere.
1: But, uh, yeah, like, and that's, that's the whole thing is that like, yeah, I mean, people, I mean, you know, flight cases, I mean, you know, old record flight cases, all, all that kind of stuff. Stuff. people I mean, love
0: slapping them on their laptops now and yep. then putting that in front of the whole crowd when they're playing oh
1: god that that makes me cringe it, <laughs> me too but people
0: love it yeah. They, yeah, if they're yeah. you know if, if that can be our you know our logo or my artist logo or something right. on somebody else's laptop that's right. kind of cool you yeah. know yeah, yeah
2: exactly. everybody likes free stuff mm-hmm. yeah no matter what it is you know whether it's the smallest of things a, a sticker uh, Um, a a little bag that costs you almost next to nothing, but that little almost next to nothing will gain you a fan.
0: Oh, yeah. I, th- I think the sticker is special in particular, though, because it's that, like, putting that adhesive backing on it is the difference between somebody throwing it in the trash and somebody yeah. putting it in their pocket and taking it home.
1: Right, mm-hmm. right.
0: Just because it's a sticker. They'll be like, oh, this is this is a thing that, that I keep.
1: Right. You know, that's right. not trash. Yeah. Uh, I, there's a, a a a bass music dubstep artist. Uh, his name's Tyre, uh, T-Y-R. And he did, like, this whole run of, like, pirate uh, like like uh, like his logo with like a little viking mm-hmm. pirate like guy and i just i loved his like little logo thing and he was giving he was giving away runs of stickers uh, so i was like yeah I'll, I'll take some you know and it was like a, you know paypal him a dollar and he would send you an envelope full of them and so i slapped a bunch of them on my canoe <laughs> or my <laughs> kayak and um yeah, I mean, it, it, and it's just that that simple of a thing. Like, he makes good music. I wanted to support him. He was doing this, that, and the other thing. And now, like, every time I go kayaking, like, I think of him, and then I pull up his music on my phone and <laughs> play it on the speaker that I've got mounted to my... Uh, Mission to my, accomplished. Yeah, yeah and yeah. it's
2: not really that expensive. I mean...
1: But the merch thing in general, um, especially you, Tony, uh, you <laughs> and Billy have got that thing nailed. Yeah. <laughs>
2: I'll say Billy has that nailed because I gave him that responsibility and he's doing very very good job at it. Yeah. But I mean, there's times where he'll call me up and and or he'll send me a text and and hey man, I ordered a bunch of hat pins. You know th- those are fairly cheap as well, right. and a lot of people are collecting those right now. Yeah. Um, but hat pins, stickers, bags, T-shirts, and things like that. And sometimes mm-hmm. I'm like, dude, man slow down a little bit on the merch, but realistically, you know, it's, 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 it's advertising. So what we kind of do is um, we have brand influencers kind of like we have as um, brand ambassadors. Mm -hmm. So we find some people, like some girls on Instagram, you know, some guys on Instagram that has three, 5,000 followers Mm -hmm. and there are 3,000 to 5,000 people that we would not reach. So we send them a message Hey, would you you know? This is what we are. We're a company that throws parties. Blah 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 blah. Here's our brand. Um, how would you like it if we sent you a cap and a t-shirt, and we also we throw a couple stickers in there? We get their address, we send it to them, and all you have to do is just you know put it on and take a couple pictures on Facebook or Instagram or whatever, you know, post it, hashtag this, 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 and this. And, you know, our brand is now in front of 3,000 people. Right. And it cost us the cost of a t-shirt, a little bit of shipping and some stickers,
0: which the influencer thing is big now, especially on Instagram. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And it's next to nothing, you know, because you're going to spend, I mean, you know how much it costs for ads, Mm -hmm. you know, that shit can get expensive. Yeah. But if you can get in front of 3,000 people for 12 bucks, why not,
1: right, you and know,
2: uh, less than twelve bucks, but
1: sure yeah, but yeah. the but another cool thing, especially for anybody who doesn't have the capital to like really start you know investing in collecting an inventory of a bunch of different merch to the uh, the point about it being expensive is that if you've got a website or mm-hmm. if you've got some mm-hmm. means of selling something um, then there's a bunch of companies out there that put a little bit, they put a little bit of overhead on, on, on these things, but, you know, they drop ship it. Mm -hmm. So you can, you know, take your logo or, you know, some saying or some image or whatever it is and then go to these companies and set up like little mini stores with like, you know, coffee cups and t-shirts and hats and all of that stuff. And then all you got to do is, you know provide the link out to everybody and then they go out and say oh well I'll take a coffee cup a t-shirt and a hat and you know a, a I don't know pez dispenser whatever mm-hmm. you know and yeah. and and then that company will do those single runs of those things and then ship it directly to those people's door and it's not anything out of pocket for you you take you know your cut they take the majority <laughs> mm-hmm. right
2: but but you not know, have to deal with the headache right What's that? You don't have to deal with the headache. Exactly,
1: exactly. Or get stuck with, you know, like if you get a bad run of something Mm -hmm. or, you know, get a bad company that's, you know, terrible to deal with and they send you 50 boxes of, you know, T-shirts that you're never going to be able to give away because, like, the logo is upside down. But
2: but Definitely the the cheapest things um, that you can do to put your brand on to just give away. That's, in my opinion, that's been the best and the most key because, again, people like free stuff, you know, right. passing out a two cent sticker is is nothing. Oh, yeah. Or, you know, I mean, we have bags of hat pins, you know, we paid, I, I don't know what we paid for them, but we can run contests at the shows where mm. we get email addresses and, you know, we we'll give you a hat pin. You give us our email address, we'll give you a hat pin or something, right. you know, um, Sign up to win this. Sign up to win that. Right, and you know it's we're getting data, but we're also kind mm-hmm. of giving away things for right. You know, and it's it's you know again, something. it's cheaper in the long run.
1: Yeah, and you know something else. Another uh, like item that uh, I've like in my professional life. Every now and then, I have to do vendor shows and and uh, conferences and stuff like that. And you know what, like. Above all else, two things that just are always at the top of somebody's list as they're going down and, like, getting all the swag is, one, those, like, thermal, like, uh, Tervis cups and, like, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, the mug. The, yeah, the like any kind of, like, mm-hmm. drink thing. But uh, so those are always pretty high on people's list. But number two are... Freaking flash drives, USB drives, yeah. I, and, and and those are a little bit more expensive. They get better as you go up in bulk, and if you want to keep you know the size down, but I'm telling you, like I, the latest conference that I went to, we had a box full of these things. They were only a gig, but they had my mm-hmm. company's like logo on them, and we loaded them up with you know some documentation about the service that we do, and blah 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 blah, right? And I mean, people were grabbing fistfuls of these things if we were letting them. Like, I mean, it, I mean, and, and for a DJ, like, think about that. Like, if you can afford, you know, to get yourself a box of these uh, thumb, uh, these flash drives or whatever, put your logo on it, put some, put some of your music or your mix on there, and when somebody leaves. You know, most modern vehicles, you know, have, you know, the, the ability to plug in a USB drive or a lot of people also might have an aftermarket, you know, stereo. Yeah. So they don't even have to wait till they get home, you know, to, to download something or whatever. They can just plug it into their car and listen to you on the way home. You know, it's the modern day CD. And so, it has your
2: brand on the outside of the stick.
0: Exactly.
2: Mm-hmm. Like, without and they're
0: not going to throw that away. Right. Like right. they would the CD if it, you know, that falls between the seat and over time and they just don't care anymore.
1: Right. That's something that you, that
0: that's you keep track sake. of right? right that's kind of like what we're doing they, with boxes
1: yeah even yeah. if you take the mix off of the drive and put it with the rest of your music collection right. it's still the, a useful thing exactly and every time you pull that out oh yeah that dj you know yeah. so it's staying in, in in front of you know staying in front of people's eyes and you know insight in mind mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: rolls back to our interview with DJ Second Nature. Now when we originally had this interview it was kind of funny because we probably recorded for twice as long as we actually published and we felt like we could have recorded for another hour on top of that. If you don't know Brett he's a great video DJ, uh, turntablist, video producer and editor. I mean he just has an amazing DJ and VJ resume and he had a lot of great insight to share with us. He's a very insightful person, really concerned about mental wellness and his state of being and just had a lot of great advice and insight to share with us. So this is a deleted scene from our interview with DJ Second Nature. Enjoy.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, The show. show. is
0: about to begin. to
1: begin. Right now it's showtime. Are you ready? Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. The legend the innovator
2: and now ladies and
1: gentlemen the one and only ready Woo! back again That's the master dj ladies and gentlemen the time has come to welcome this is Steve original gangster allow me to reintroduce myself my name is dj
3: let me introduce myself i'm
1: dj 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 second nature ah! yeah. yeah!
3: let's go 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 Am I? Wow, that's a great question. You sure you want to? When I write my book, that's what's been hard for me to relate my life as a DJ to now this whole other self help, mindfulness, spiritual realm, uh, peak performance area that I want to go into where I got to make the connection as a DJ too, because ultimately I relate probably more to DJs than anybody else. It's just. I live in this isolation tank in my basement (laughs) and then I go to isolation tanks and I float in sensory deprivation tanks. That's a whole nother fun subject. Those are amazing. They're the best, man. I've done it like over 20 times. I just (laughs) did one yesterday morning. I've done it a handful. They're life changing, man. I came out and stopped drinking. I was like one after one of the floats. I'm like, I'm not going to drink anymore. Really? I didn't have like a – well, I was kind of moving the direction. I just don't really want to drink anymore. Then I came out, and I'm like, I'm not going to drink at all, and I haven't drank since. That
2: was last May. <laughs> wow. Oh, wow, nice. Yep, yep. Yeah, Which it was is probably, for that probably time. the most relaxed I think I've ever felt when I came out of that thing. I was driving around. I think it was probably 25 degrees. I had the windows down, driving 15 miles an hour down the street. Like, ah. Uh, it <laughs> <that> was great. <laughs>
3: that, yeah, because you get so hot. And for those that don't know, sensory deprivation tanks are basically – Um, little pool. Well, they have tanks and then they have like little caves or chambers. The one I go into is like a pool. So it's like a, like 10 inches or 12 inches of water. It's filled with 1200 pounds of salt. So you float on the surface and you're in complete pitch black with wax earplugs in your ears. So it's just you and your mind. And, and if you can get deep enough without totally falling asleep, you can completely space out and lose sense of yourself. And for anybody that follows Joe Rogan, he's a big advocate of these things. And I came across them from a online course I was taking called flow fundamentals, which is all about having more flow in your life. And flow is a optimal state of mind that I discovered when I started meditating within three days. And I thought I lost my fucking mind. I mean, it was like Charlie Sheen moments. Behind <laughs> me. It was a crazy period of time in life, man.
0: Tony, I've got to ask uh, when, when you've been in the sensory deprivation chamber, I mean, is that the loudest thing you've ever heard with your tinnitus or I mean, does that affect your ability to, to kind of go under quote unquote?
2: I actually have not been back since the tinnitus began. Oh, I see. Okay. Yes. Wow. Yes. I, I'm going Can to, I want to, um, it was my uh, the beginning of twenty
3: fifteen. Wow. Yeah, yeah.
2: That's my worst nightmare, man.
1: And it, it's and when um, it
3: comes, I would get panicky, and it'll yeah. go away. I gotta like calm myself down.
2: Yeah, <laughs> um, I've learned to kind of cope with it a little bit. Um, I'm just around auditory things all the time, just so I don't have to listen to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but. You know, I was when I was when we were talking pre-show, and I was telling you about all those shows that I did for Donnie and uh-huh. PSG. You know, those monitors on those festival stages—they're you know double 18s on each side and three pieces of a line array, you know, for your highs—and it's it's unreal. It's so loud. Those were the monitors in wow. some of the clubs that that um, I was playing at in those shows. And, you know, to match the room, you got to crank those monitors so there's no bass delay. And it just, yeah, right. I, it damaged my hearing. <laughs> yeah, man, I mean,
3: I, you know, I, mix mo- I mix with these now, those that aren't looking, they are, you know, IEMs, inner ears. Mm-hmm. And I'll mix with these and I got them custom made. You know, you go to an audiologist, they put a little Q-tip down in your ear, they squeeze stuff in your ear to get the mold of your ear size. And then you send it off to the manufacturer and then they make them so i try to mix in these now without using a monitor and i'll still get a monitor on the side of me and crank it up but you know it's muffled i can still feel yeah, it you can you feel know, it nice. and that's part of the you know most djs mix with one ear out so this ear is always a little bit blasted way more because that's you know my mixing side so it's really um important to protect your ears
1: Only through meditation can we begin to understand our role. This is uh, G, my my yoga instructor. Uh,
0: You know, sometimes I find the good um, Kundalini thing, you know, opens up my whole, uh, uh, you know, I find.
2: I really got into yoga. And that's a lot of breathing techniques and meditation. Perhaps you should bring your question to the garden of meditation. Do you understand the word he just said? Yeah, I got about two-thirds. He said something about the garden of meditation. No, he said he's farting
3: because <laughs> of his medication. I get that. With meditation, there's no limit to what we can imagine. Suddenly, it's like Buddha consciousness. Every master must
2: find his path
1: to inner peace. Inner peace. That's cool. Inner peace of what? fun very relaxing. I'm very relaxing meditate on that meditate on that i'm going to meditate on that. that it sounds as if you've discovered something here a new spiritual awareness destiny yes exactly I, I i think of the world as an illusion and we shouldn't take ourselves so seriously i'm running out of time meditate perfectly
3: Excuse me, everyone. I'm going to go meditate for half an hour. Thanks to your teachings, it's
2: changing my consciousness.
1: You've got to let me attend these classes. It's what keeps me
2: balanced. So that's it? I just need inner peace? My innards are already super, super peaceful, so all I need to do is just get this thing going. Just continue your meditation. I'll be back. Don't worry, Shifu. I'll master inner peace as soon as I get back. I'm
1: going to meditate. It is on. Could you meet me outside in 10 minutes? If I don't finish my meditation, uh, I tend to get a little cranky. Take care now. Bye bye. My god, you're good at meditating. The answer you seek has been there all along. It's right behind you. Behind you. Behind you. I don't need an echo. I heard you. Meditation over.
0: The the hearing loss thing is is scary. This is something that that keeps kind of popping into my head more and more the older I get, the more shows I go to, the more right. sets that I do. I'm becoming acutely aware of how often I'm subjecting my ears to abuse. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I've never tried until this point. I haven't tried mixing with, with IEMs yet with the inner ear monitors, but I keep right. hearing more and more good things about it. And I, f- I feel like I would, I feel like I would do well with them because I prefer to mix in headphones anyway. Really, you know what I mean? And this is um, something I brought up before because I just feel like that there's no more consistent environment than the inside of my head, right? <laughs> As opposed to like sure, trying to have sure. the exact same monitors and setup. Like I always know what it sounds like in my mon- in my uh, headphones, you know? Right. Uh, so I I feel like that's something I should explore that and that the custom attenuating earplugs thing for going to shows and festivals because yeah man these are these are our most valuable assets as DJs, man.
1: Oh, I'm telling you. Like and I think I'm I'm in the same boat for the most part. Like I I, uh early on, especially like, you know, back in the nineties and early two thousands when I was playing a bunch of like the um you know dirty warehouse raves where like some of the equipment was shoddy anyway or like you know people's house parties and stuff like that and it's just like you know super loud uh, you know and and just crazy abrasive um you know stuff but um you know a lot of times there wouldn't be like a working monitor or something so I I would have to like adjust and and get myself to start mixing in my headphones and um you know, so for a little while I did get used to that, but then, um, I got away from it with the, honestly, it was the DJM 600 mm. because what happened with that was then we got, uh, the cue, uh, mix for the right. headphones. So like what I was able to do is train my ears to use my cueing ear or my, my monitoring ear with. Whatever monitor that I had, and then use my mixing ear to kind of compare both the output as well as what I'm trying to mix in. And I got so used to that workflow that now, like, if I try to mix solely in headphones, like, I kind of get lost. <laughs> <laughs> like, it, it I, it's, I don't know. I just, for me, I, I, I kind of like that, that, that outside, you know, uh, just check of of what is actually coming out of the speakers but
0: it's funny how we handicap ourselves based on just some preference that we have right because like i right i i have the opposite thing like i prefer to listen in headphones so now when i'm beat matching to a monitor that's like even if it's only three or five feet away i'm like right apparently that late that little bit of latency is enough for (laughs) me to notice and now I'm like, it right. bothers me. I'm like, am I? I feel like
1: I'm never beat matched. It never sounds <laughs> quite right. 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 Yeah. It's just funny how that works. But, you know, I mean, but to your point, uh, I, I I have looked at like inner ear monitors and the attenuating uh, earplugs and stuff because, you know, especially the older that I'm getting, I, I've I, I've I've. I have an undiagnosed case of tinnitus. I mean, I know Mm. what tinnitus is and I know what, I mean, I I have all of the symptoms, Um, but it's still at a point in my life where um, the only time I really notice it is if I'm in a quiet room, you know? So like if I'm at work and nobody's really talking, it's kind of like, you know, it just people are all heads down doing their thing. I you know that's when I notice it so I'll have to turn on like a heater or a a desk fan or something that just kind of you know block that out or put in headphones or you know if I'm laying awake at night trying to fall asleep then you know sometimes that will be the thing that my brain zones in on and or hones in on and and then I stay awake and get mad because that's all I hear and But, um, you know, there are other people out there that it's like this constant thing that they can't block out that, you know, it is a a severe debilitating thing and that does scare me because, you know, uh, you know, just as, you know, you know, if you lose your sight, you know, that, that's, that's a handicap in and of itself. And, you know, everybody that is able to see loves the ability to see, but it's something that we take so much for granted But for, you know, especially people that that love music as much as DJs do, you know, if we damage our hearing to the point where, you know, we just, you know, to where we lose the ability to experience something that we love so much that means so much to us and that we, you know, try have 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 dedicated, you know, some portion of our lives to providing for other people. Like I, I mean, that's just got to be soul crushing, and when you're dealing with tinnitus, which is you know just symptoms leading up to, right? You know what it might be like to be deaf, or or you know to to have you know some something debilitatingly, uh, you know, uh, blocking or or uh, interfering with your hearing. That I mean, it, that's just I mean that that's that's got to be what you know, is most, most of our worst nightmare for sure. Um, another thing that he was talking that, uh, second nature was talking about in that clip was, um, you know, he, he was talking about like how he's going to start, uh, writing self-help books Mm -hmm. and stuff and how much he identifies with DJs and stuff like that. But, you know, he, he talked a lot, you know, um, uh, some of the stuff that was on the editing room floor, um, that, that didn't make it into the final episode. You know, he talked a lot about like, um, meditation and self-help and, um, and all of these like heavy impacts Yeah, of all of that, all of the stress and the being overwhelmed and, and, and all of that type of stuff that he has taken on in his life and is reacting to it. And, um, at some point we got to talk, we got to talking about like, uh, the, 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 uh, the sensory deprivation chambers and stuff yeah. like that before we got to talking about the hearing. And, you know, I, I, I think that's another important thing for us to, you know, kind of call out there is that, you know, of all of the things that, you know, we could have picked up off the editing room floor, all of the things that were pretty revealing about Brett, um, what, That's one of the things that I really thought was a a neat thing about him is that despite all of the stress and everything that he encounters and how he tries to deal with it and all of that stuff, um, you know, we as DJs, whether we're on his level or not, there is a a lot of stress that goes into that. So whether it's self-help or whether it's meditation or whatever it is, it's important that... If this is giving you stress, then you need to find, you know, healthy ways of, of relieving yourself of that stress because yeah, for some of us, DJing is a job. And, and it comes with, and whether it's a hobby or a job, it comes with its own set of stressors. But mm-hmm. at the end of the day, it's something that we love, and it should be something that we are, you know, drawing, you know, some kind of joy or fulfillment from. And if you're losing sight of that, then you may be losing sight of what it means to be a DJ. So, you know, um, the deprivation chambers, I've done them. It's a really weird experience at first, you know, because you, you, I mean, I think he described it pretty well in, in that clip, but yeah, you're sitting in like six, eight inches of like salt water. It is like so packed full of salt that you're literally just kind of floating on the surface and uh, it's all at body temperature, but like it's pitch black. You can't see anything. You can't hear anything and you can barely move. But like, if you just really let yourself get to a place of rest and, and kind of go into your own mind, practice some kind of, you know, meditation technique. It's really interesting that, like, you can you can practically fall asleep and then, like, by the time it's all said and done, you're like, what the hell just happened? <laughs> you know, it really is that relaxing. Have you
0: done it with music or has it been complete silence?
1: Yeah, it's uh, anytime I've done it, it's been with complete silence, but that's because at the time... I, and I still don't, but um, I didn't have like any kind of like waterproof earplugs mm. or, or uh, waterproof earbuds or anything like that. Um, and because there's so much salt in the water that if you're not wearing earplugs or something to keep the water from getting in there, gotcha. like the, it, it, it really like irritates the inside of your, your ear there because it's, there's so much salt.
0: I, I wondered about it because, uh, I I assume that if I I've never been in, in in one of these flotation tanks before but yeah um my gut reaction is to if I was going to do it to have complete silence because that's the complete experience right like if you're if sure. what I'm trying is sensory deprivation then I don't want to hear anything either right right but right. once I've had that experience I would like to try it with music and then and see what happens when that's my my primary focus right and then right. compare like okay what what do i actually uh what connects with me when i'm in that state like is it minimal techno is it oh yeah ambient is it dub is it you know what i mean like what is it that does minimal techno suddenly seem like really packed full of stuff and detail and elements because it's the only literally the only thing my brain can pay attention to at that moment you know right It'd be a fascinating yeah. experience versus like
1: versus like pumping through some like you know future based bangers or something.
0: <laughs> <laughs> induce a heart attack on yourself in there I
1: know right like if that's that's an interesting point too because like you know I that's what I find is like especially like if I'm at work and I'm able to like really zone in on Like, you know, making some, you know, code, doing some code or doing some deep analysis and stuff like that. And what I find is the more minimal yet groove and driving kind of stuff. So like, which just kind of lends yourself to your more uh, minimal or um, tribal kind of beats and grooves and things like that. I mean, the, that's where, like, I really lock in and start to shine. Like, like all of a sudden, it's like I catch that groove or I catch that wave. And then all of a sudden, like, next thing I know, I look up and it's two hours later and I'm done with whatever I was working on. And like, wow, <laughs> I, I can't believe it's been two hours. And I'm, I've been really productive <laughs> like, <laughs> versus where, like, you know, if I'm, you know, if I just put on you know some rock or some you know uh, you know bass music or you know uh, or you know really heavy neuro funk drum and bass or gangster rap or whatever it is that, uh, other than that that i'm listening to you know yeah. it, it grabs my attention because that's the stuff that i i really actively love and, and jo- enjoy and all of that whereas you know the more minimal it is like you said like if you start to zone in And that's where you're at. You know, if you're zoned in on something and that's like the soundtrack to it, then you really do. You start to pick up all of these other elements or how the elements play together. And um, yeah, so I, 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 yeah, being in a total deprivation situation, I could totally see that. That would be a really neat experience, I think. They need to put speakers in them. Yeah,
0: and the only way I know how to properly run this experiment is to actually invest in my own and have it in my house because I want to try this with a million different tracks. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I guess I'll continue wondering. Yeah,
1: yeah. Or, you know, uh, uh, they make those um, those little Bluetooth speakers that are waterproof yeah. and that float. Oh, there you go. Yeah, grab one of those and have it connect to your phone out from outside of the... Of the tank, and then when you get in the tank, just throw the speaker in there (laughs) (laughs) and let it do its
0: thing. We're going to end our special bonus episode with a clip from the month of May. The month of May at Passionate DJ usually involves us talking quite a bit about Detroit techno as it's very close to the movement techno festival in detroit which happens every year memorial day weekend a lot of us make the trek up there and we did the episode titled the belleville three where we explored the works of juan atkins kevin saunderson and derek may who are credited for the creation of this sound that we call detroit techno but we missed out on a lot of other history of the music that came out of that time. And so one thing that we did in after party was go through 10 iconic Detroit techno songs, not limited to the Belleville three and just explored the sound and gave commentary as I listened. So I hope you enjoy this final clip. And with this, we'll send you out and we'll see you next week on the passionate DJ podcast and hopefully on after party. I wanted to explore some of these other early Detroit techno-influencing tracks. And so, what I've done is I've pulled up an article that was published by LA Weekly in January of 2016. And it's titled, 10 Classic Techno Records for People Who Don't Know Shit About Techno. Well, some of these tracks came out well early into the 80s, either before I was even born or when I was just a baby. And so... There are probably some things in here that I don't know shit about, and so I thought it would be fun to maybe sit here and explore some of these tracks. Some of them I'm familiar with, some of them I won't be, I thought maybe you guys could join along with me. The article says, In the following list I tried to include a few of the obvious canon and a few cuts that go slightly deeper. It's intended to introduce novices to the genre and focuses on the first and second wave of Detroit techno, not really ranked but presented chronologically. Criminal omissions were made... There are no selections by Drexia, Stacey Pullen, Speedy J, Ectomorph, Carl Craig, Omar S, Theo Parrish, or dozens of other producers who would deserve spots on a longer list. One more note, please listen to these tracks on something better than your tinny laptop speakers or for suckers only Beats by Dre headphones. This is music meant for proper sound systems. Well, I hope my Sure SRH750 DJ headphones make the cut. The article written by Johnny Coleman of LA Weekly. Now the first track that they explore is a 1981 track, Sharivari, by a number of names. Let's see what it sounds like.
1: Designer shit's about a matter of time.
0: Could this be the real thing? Or is this just another fling? Seen by millions nationally. Lumo, Vogue, Playgirl, G, Quarterly. Because he's his it says Sharivari is still generally considered to be the first proper techno record, even though there's a camp that argues Cybertron's Alleys of Your Mind is the true first techno song. Bickering about the first D's aside, Sharivari is still a must-hear sleazy computer funk curio. Based on a sample of Kraftwerk's It's More Fun to Compute, this funky number was supposedly inspired by watching a hip-hop DJ juggle two copies of the same record. Kano's Holly Dolly. Now that's interesting because as I listen to this, I hear the influence of craft work, and I'm very familiar with it's more fun to compute. I don't hear the sample though. I'm gonna listen to this for a few more moments. Quit. Because the music really eats. Sorry, vary. Yeah, I've got to admit, I don't think I hear an actual sample from It's More Fun to Compute in there. Let's pull that track up really quick. I know we're talking about Detroit techno, but I never mind an excuse to run into some craft work real quick. So here's It's More Fun to Compute. To admit, I don't hear the sample. I hear... I see why they say that, but maybe I'm just missing it. But it sounds more like it was inspired by that track to me. Anyhow. Number 9. Cosmic Cars by Cybertron. Practically any early track by, quote, Magic, Juan Atkins, or his collaborations as Cybertron with Richard Davis could be on this list, but... Cosmic Cars is here because it ties Detroit Techno's trademark automotive motifs with the futurist imagery and ideas of a post-industrialist world laid out in Alvin Toffler's The Third Wave, a highly influential tome for these young guys grappling with a once prosperous Detroit that was suddenly ailing in the 80s. While there's still a debate as to who made the first Techno track, Atkins' work from 81 to 85 laid the groundwork for Techno in a way that no one else can claim or even come close to touching. That's why they call him the originator. Next up, number 8 on the list of 10 classic techno records for people who don't know shit about techno. 1986's Goodbye Kiss by Eddie Foulkes. Often overlooked as one of techno's true progenitors because he wasn't part of the so-called Belleville 3, Eddie Flashin' Foulkes is nevertheless a vital part of the early Detroit sound. He made Goodbye Kiss after being inspired by an Atkins performance. Borrowing the originator's gear, he made this gem composed of a wonderfully wonky bassline and a simple vocal sample. Rhythm is Rhythm, Nude Photo, 1987. We mentioned this one in the main episode, but we'll address this one really quick. Derek May is probably best known for Strings of Life, which is for sure a galaxy-shattering classic that bridges the often indiscernible gap between house and techno and transcends both genres altogether. But Nude Photo, which May co-wrote with his Rhythm is Rhythm co-founder Thomas Barnett, is a confident, more restrained jam that sounds like early Chicago house music on Prozac, skipping down some one-lane, abandoned Midwestern road that connects the Windy City to the Motor City. In 1988, Sequence 10 by Anthony Sheikh Shakir comes in at number six. Shake, or Mr. Gone, as he's also known, is the guy behind the guy in Detroit. He's been around since the very beginning, but he's probably the most modest of a very proud set of first and second waivers. Sequence 10, his first solo single, released on a compilation called Techno, the new dance sound of Detroit in 88, Find Shake doing what he does best, an instrumental that keeps it moving with a slice of humor and playfulness. I have to admit, this does not sound like 1988 to me. This sounds really well mixed, has a sound quality that I would expect out of a much newer track, and this is not one that I was familiar with before. This is pretty cool, impressive. spot on the list another one that we addressed in the main episode big fun by inner city this is kevin saunderson coming out with one of the most iconic dance tracks of all time we won't spend too much time on this song but we'll go ahead and play just a quick clip again 1990's I Believe by Octave One Featuring Lisa Newberry Biological Bros Lenny and Lawrence Burden Released I Believe As their first 12-inch on Derek May's Transmat imprint One of Detroit's finest labels This spoken word jam Is still one of the best tracks In Octave One's discography Who are just as good in the studio As they are at rocking a live PA They're still one of the best Live electronic acts on the planet I really like that rolling bass line and those pads, those airy pads and strings, really sounds like the sort of thing that would lead into that early, early progressive house that led into that Sasha and Digweed sound. Very, very interesting. Number three, Suburban Night, The Art of Stalking, also 1990. As Suburban Night, James Pennington makes menacing, grisly music, and The Art of Stalking delivers on the promise of its title. This instrumental cut showcases the dark side of the Detroit style. Heard at 5 a.m. in some dingy dark warehouse, it gets your lizard brain swirling. Lots of reverb, lots of that slapback back effect. Very interesting, the sort of ambient nature of the music they were starting to work in there at 1990. Underground Resistance, The Punisher, comes in at number two. This came out in 1991, and they say that Underground Resistance makes Public Enemy look like Macklemore. UR is a group, label, and militant techno lifestyle. Robert Hood, a.k.a. the Minister of Information, Jeff Mills, and Mad Mike Banks have all been members of this ever-shifting collective, as has the aforementioned James Pennington. This 12-inch does what it says, no bullshit, and like everyone who's still living on this list, they still know what they're doing on their fourth decade. aptly named track by an aptly named group. Underground Resistance's The Punisher from 1991. And then rounding out the top of the list, of course, The Wizard. Jeff Mills, The Bells, 1997. You don't get a nickname like The Wizard for phoning it in. Jeff Mills is probably Detroit Techno's number one fan of outer space and UFOs, and even though he's expatriated to Europe, his name will forever be associated with the city where he got his start. His work is often concerned with the lofty academic themes, but much of his output is perfectly suited for the club and, like the Bells, can be fully appreciated with no intellectualizing whatsoever. That wraps up our special free edition of after party i hope you enjoyed that if you would like to become a patron once again that address is patreon.com forward slash passionate dj we'll be back on our regularly scheduled program next week you guys take care keep on spinning ciao